So, uh, Aftran flies Cassie over overhead of the human controllers um, and says, uh, Hey, you. <laughs> I know you. Uh, <laughs> I know you don't see me. <laughs> uh, but listen to my warning. The Andalite bandits are coming. Um, but notably, she doesn't say mm-hmm. anything about Cassie or Karen. And specifically says Andalite bandits, not yes. humans. Yes. Is maintaining um, the lie. Exactly. Uh, Cassie lands next to Karen. Uh, well, Aftran lands next to Karen and demorphs. Um, and Karen, who had, who's been crawling just, <laughs> just in a direction. Yeah, she's made it to uh, the meadow, mm-hmm. which is further away from the controllers. Yes. Uh, it would take them hours to find her now, and possibly my own friends would be delayed too as the human controllers tried to attack them. More battle, more violence. Pointless. Not pointless, Aftrin said, reading my thoughts as if they were her own. They demorph. Karen looks defeated, which is just... Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Mm. She tries to run, mm. which is worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Uh, and Cassie is begging Aftran to stay in her and not go back to Karen. Um, but Aftran doesn't listen. Uh, Karen fights her, but Cassie's bigger and stronger. And so Aftran is able to hold Karen to her. Um, I wanted to cry, but I didn't control my own tears. I wanted to comfort. My voice was not mine. I pressed Karen against me and held her tight, and the yerk named, Aftr- yerk named Aftran extended a slithering extrusion from my ear into Karen's. It took a few minutes. Slowly, gradually, bit by bit, I felt myself regain control. <clears throat> uh, and uh, the yerk is back in Karen. Um, your friends or mine will find us soon, but not very soon, I think. What does it matter, I asked. It matters that they not find us for two hours. What are you planning on doing? I asked. I looked up and realized that Karen's green eyes were filled with tears. Karen's tears. But they only flowed because Aftran, the yerk, was crying. You tell me what you think I should do, Karen said harshly, despite the tears. Andalites, humans, there's no difference. You're both smug, moralizing, superior races. You both live in beautiful worlds. You have hands and eyes and the freedom to move about wherever you like. And you hate us for wanting all those same things. We can't help what we are any more than you can. We're born with eyes and hands and legs. You're born as... as what you are. Slugs, Karen cried. That's what you call us, isn't it? Slugs. Like some wet, slimy thing crawling across the sidewalk after it rains. Something you step on and say, ew, gross. You're a yerk. I can't change that. You can't change it either. All you can do is make other creatures into slaves so so that you can be more free. How can you justify making Karen a slave so you can be free? It's wrong. I don't care if you're human or Andalite or Yerk. It's wrong. Karen looked at me and nodded. Yes, I know. She shrugged her shoulders and looked down at the ground. She bent down and raised a leaf so I could see it. Hanging from the bottom of the leaf was a caterpillar. It was maybe an inch and a half long. It hung from the bottom of the leaf and was busy writhing out of its old skin. The old skin was gathered around the caterpillar like a sock that has fallen down your leg. This is what I am, Karen said. A slug. A worm. What this little creature experiences is what I would experience if I didn't have a host body. I... I'm sorry, I said. It was all I could think of to say. You ask me to become this worm again. You ask a lot of me, Cassie the Animorph. You say we can make peace between us, just you and me and Karen. You say we can make a start. And then you ask me to give up everything while you go on about your life, living amidst splendor and magnificence. All I could do was shake my head. I didn't even know what it meant. Was I denying what she said? No, it was the truth. So I ask you, Cassie, Karen said in a silky voice, what will you give up if I give up everything? I, what can I... (laughs) 
Karen carefully, gently placed the half-cocooned caterpillar in my hand. Let its DNA flow into you, Cassie. No, I whispered. You ask me to pay a terrible price to make Karen free again. Will you pay the same price? Will you become this little creature? Will you stay in that morph for two hours while I stand guard? But I would be trapped permanently, I cried. Yes, just as I will be trapped permanently. I couldn't breathe. My heart kept pounding really fast, then seemed to stop. I couldn't even see anything, just Karen's face in the caterpillar. It's a lot easier to tell someone else what they must do than to do it yourself, eh, Cassie? Karen mocked. It's a trick, I whispered. You'd trap me, then you'd just laugh and take off. Karen shook her head. You know better than that. You have morphing power. As a host body, you would be incredibly valuable. Visser Three is the only morph-capable yerk. Your body, along with the bodies of your friends, unbelievably valuable. I would be the yerk who captured the Animorphs. They could make me a sub at the very least. I'd have it all. A great assignment, my choice of host bodies. Do you think I would deliberately trap a morph-capable body as a bug if I weren't sincere? I'm giving up everything. Will you give up nothing? I looked down at the caterpillar squirming in my trembling hand. I raised my eyes and looked at the world, the trees, the grass, the sky, the flowers. I had cared about nature all my life, and still I had not understood how magnificent it was until that moment. To lose my parents, my friends, the entire world. To save my parents, my friends, maybe the entire world. I closed my eyes and began to focus, and the DNA of the caterpillar entered my blood. The caterpillar grew still. It stopped writhing. Most animals become calm and quiet while being acquired. Now do it, Karen said. I wanted to argue. I wanted to say forget it. I could morph to the wolf instead and kill her. It would save my friends. It would save me. But it wouldn't free the little girl named Karen from the yerk in her head. And it would just be more of the same. Violence and brute force and another victim. And then she morphs the caterpillar. Uh, and because she's the best morpher, she keeps her eyes until the very, very, very last. Uh, and then she sees nothing, and she's a caterpillar, and everything inside of her is screaming at her to demorph. She could resist, she could demorph, but now it's too late. If she demorphs, Karen would know that the deal was off, and she would be totally vulnerable as she returned to human form. She cries out, uh, but there's no answer, because Karen doesn't have thought speak, and can't communicate to her, and as a worm, Cassie can't, well, as a caterpillar, Cassie can't really hear much. Uh, and so Cassie surrenders herself to the caterpillar instincts and uh, begins doing what caterpillars do. This <clears throat> whole conversation <clears throat> is, one, I think, amazing, and mm -hmm. two, just like really really again important <laughs> yeah first of all uh i'm very very glad that cassie actually says outright uh you know you're a yerk and you can't change that uh but enslaving other people so that you can be free is wrong no matter what the fuck you are mm -hmm. um which it just is super important to have in here because uh -huh. it's true. And again, drives home the fact that just that after and won't leave just because she's hurting a little girl, uh, which is bad. Mm -hmm. um, it does. It drives home the fact that Cassie understands that this isn't. This isn't her. This isn't her sympathizing or empathizing with the Yerk's decision. This is her begging the Yerk to make a different choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love this trade that Aftran proposes. I think it is just a phenomenal mm -hmm. uh, like question to pose. And I think it honestly is in many ways, setting aside the fact that the Yerk is obviously... <clears throat> In the wrong to not give up, not give up 
being a parasite because she's hurting people. Mm-hmm. I like this idea. You are asking me to do this thing when you have no idea what you're asking of me. Here is what I am giving up. Would you also give this up? Um, it's not the same. Cassie isn't enslaving anyone. Yeah. But just that notion of, okay, if we're going to make a truce here, if we're going to make this little piece and make a compromise, what are you giving up in this compromise? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so interesting, and I just really like it. Me too. I, I like, it feels very on brand as a sort of like a Yerkish power play. Yeah. But also, the when I say I only think this would work in a conversation with Cassie, mm-hmm. it's like, Aftran has now been in Cassie's memories, knows the joy that Cassie has in morphing. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say weaponizing that, but it's like, if anyone could do this, could understand yeah. it because of that awareness Cassie has of like being animals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think it speaks to an understanding that Aftran has acquired about mm-hmm. Cassie as a person mm-hmm. while remaining completely and utterly a yerk. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Also, and I say this, I feel that's the, and I say this aware, and I don't know who makes the proposition later, um, of something that happens later in the book series regarding a certain character and morphs and stuff. I'm trying to say this as vague as possible. I'm just going to say the name David because I know there's something uh-huh. around going into morph voluntarily. But this also feels like something Cassie would suggest. Mm-hmm. Because this is a compassionate thing to do, comparatively speaking, to what some other options it could be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, it, it's very narratively satisfying to me, I guess, is the yeah. point I'm trying to get across. Mm-hmm. It, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dirk. No, please go. Uh, well, what I was going to say is that, like, it's definitely a very interesting conversation. and. Like, it's a really good one, but, like, I keep getting stuck on, like, the fact that Aftran is a yerk, Mm -hmm. and, like, Aftran has gotten something extra uh, Mm -hmm. by hurting other people, whereas, Mm -hmm. uh, like, Cassie's just saying, please stop hurting other people, and Aftran is saying, uh give up something that is natural to you um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Uh, to, uh, to, uh, to get me to stop hurting other people. Yes. Yes. Mm. I, I do want to raise the point and I'm going to go a little spoiler ahead. Um, we find out and she could be talking out of her ass as it were, but Aftran says that she tried to get Cassie to stop. Mm-hmm. That she just wanted to say if Cassie would do this and never intended for Cassie to be stuck like this. Which is a thing I can believe. Because I don't think necessarily she had a lot to gain by lying about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I find that interesting. Because of how we've seen Aftran be coloured so far. Mm-hmm. In all of her interactions with Cassie and with um, the way she talks about Karen and having been in Cassie's head. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say she kind of maybe even likes Cassie a little by this point. And just, I do want to see if you will do this thing. Yeah. And it's entirely mm-hmm. possible that she fully intended, she maybe wanted to scare Cassie, but just like, okay, see, that's what it's like. Yeah. Yeah, there's maybe, an argument maybe to be, not. Yeah, there's an argument to be made that Cassie just or not Cassie, Aftran just wants Cassie to understand on a and fundamental di- level. And didn't think through what she was yeah. asking. Yeah, because yeah. Car- Karen the the human doesn't know fucker all about caterpillars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like 
Mm-hmm. Hell, we as humans don't know much about caterpillars. We don't know if they can hear shit. Yeah. Or understand speech. <laughs> yeah, like, and also in Cassie's memories, there's never been any instance where she hasn't been able to hear or have yeah, some form of communicating. Because yeah. there's always been thought speak. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always been the human con or the, the consciousness aware. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. like when have have we've seen characters lost in morph before mm-hmm. they've still been aware enough mm-hmm. and there's something interesting to be said about the phrasing losing like that cassie makes the choice to lose mm-hmm. herself to the caterpillar and not fight that yeah because and this is like i suppose paying due to cassie being depressed she could have chosen to be aware and remain yeah. partially herself. She knew the other Animorphs were nearby. Mm-hmm. She does give up a little bit. If yeah. she hadn't chosen to lose herself in the morph, and it expressly says that this is a choice she's making, mm-hmm. she would have heard Karen. She would have mm-hmm. been able to talk to her friends when they showed up and said, hey, no, I agreed to this. Yep. But yep. doesn't. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this, I suppose, and this is not a judgment on my part, I want to be clear, but Cassie talks about her own cowardice. Mm -hmm. This is a way out of the fight. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just find that very interesting. Yeah. It's a way out of the fight without, without quote unquote Mm -hmm. quitting. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Like, oh no, I'm trapped in morph now. And it's, it's, oh no, I'm trapped in morph now when the choice was to kill a literal child mm-hmm. or give up the human race to the Yerks. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, that, that's not really a choice. Yeah. Uh, at least not for Cassie. Um, because we know already that, like, she can't kill Karen. At this point, like she she cannot. <laughs> yeah. Um But I I I really do think, Dirk, that you're correct. That it's just like Yeah, you know, this is this would be so much more compelling <laughs> if if Aftran weren't coming at this as like, oh yes, in order for me to stop hurting this person. <laughs> I need you to make a similar sacrifice uh, like that. I mean, cannot be driven home enough that that is <laughs> yeah. some fucked up shit. Yeah, I do feel maybe it is an underscoring like this still is one of the bad guys. Yes. Mm-hmm. Got, and thing is, like, paying, like, I, I'm using this phrase a lot today, talking about mocking Cassie for having hope and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I like this. It's like, yeah, people can change up to a point. Mm hmm. But it's still like putting out there just like you can't necessarily change intrinsically who people are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like there are always going to be some people in the world. And I think it's a very human thing. Just like, oh, I didn't realize how bad this was until it happened to me. Or, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. something happened to my friend and now I care about this. Mm-hmm. Or they, when they try mm-hmm. to use that whole bullshit logic of imagine if this person was your mother or your child just like yeah i i feel like it's nodding to that Mm -hmm. that makes it frustrating but like i have that exact same frustration as you did when i meet people like that it's just like oh well it's never bothered me so why should Mm -hmm. i care Mm -hmm. and And i suppose it's the act of going just like okay prove to me Because of the society that they live in, like, actions do speak louder than words. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It would be, it would be one thing if the peace movement didn't already exist. Yeah. But we know that there are Yurks who, on their own, have made the decision that, no, that's fucked up. We're going to stay here. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I do like the notion that Aftride just does kind of suck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. because it's not even like this is a brand new thought that nobody in Yerk society has ever had before. That Then it makes more sense because it's like 
this is something you never imagined could be possible. But like, right. we literally learn from Aftran that there are Yurks who yeah. are like, fuck yeah. this. So yeah, yeah, it's when I read this as a child, I very much got the impression that Aftran was the start of the Yurk peace movement. Mm. Ah, because it is it is almost a throwaway line like oh there are people who think like you do um who who think taking hosts is wrong and i think reading it now as an adult it's easy to see who think taking hosts is wrong and therefore do not take hosts where i think as a child what i interpreted that as as people like aftran who maybe have come to the realization that hey this is kind of bad but I'm going to keep doing it anyway <laughs> because I don't <laughs> see another way out. Um, and then Cassie giving Aftran this, making this peace with Aftran starts the Yurk peace movement as a movement where Yurks actively decide not to take hosts. That's how I used to understand it. But reading it now, that's not what this is at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a person that was willing to like inhabit the mind of a child. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, that sounds like a cushy gig. I won't have to fight. I can mm-hmm. just chill out. And then just like, this body's too small to do anything with. It's loud. Yeah. It's emotional. I have regrets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's ex- exactly it. Can you say, I've tried is a dick and I yes. like them, is the thing. I find them a very, <laughs> yeah. like, from a narrative perspective, let me be clear. If Aftran was played by a vaguely attractive white dude, Tumblr would be all over Aftran. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely yeah. has some of that vibe going on. Yeah. Tumblr's already all over Aftran. Let's are be they, honest. Okay, oh, that doesn't surprise me, but I have I purposely don't go dipping into the Animorphs fandom so yeah. I don't get hit with a spoiler. Yeah, yeah, don't. Uh there are, in fact, many Cassie Aftran shippers. No! What? No. No. <laughs> that is one of the most on brand things for a Tumblr fandom to have. Let me yeah, just like, say I can, I hate I can, fandom, but yeah. Yeah. I can see it if I squint because I'm very much an enemies to lover kind of person. <laughs> However, Seal Wyatt, was this like this before or is this a post Seal Wyatt thing for you? Uh, no, I. Mm-hmm. No, I knew about Cassie after and Shippers before Seal Wyatt. Mm-hmm. And was like, you know, I don't, I don't feel it, but I can get it. I understand yeah, I that. <laughs> I ain't get it. I ain't getting on the bus with y'all, but I can see you at the bus stop. I can see that it is a bus stop. <laughs> I will wave you off. <laughs> <laughs> Safe journey. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's interesting. Um, eh, but I, I've I think he- I've heard of that- I've heard of worse slash weirder ships. I really yeah, genuinely honestly, have. Same. But there's there's definitely Aftran is not a good person. And yeah, I thought the book I is do, clear about that. Yeah, the book is pretty clear about that, and I do kind of like it. Yeah, me uh, too. The fact that Cassie does this with somebody that isn't already a good person. Yes. The fact that a person that a bad person can still do the right thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, the fact that yeah. she's making this choice to save one little girl yeah and what's that line i say that line like it isn't also history like uh he who saves one life saves the world entire mm-hmm. it's like the thing that uh dirk posted in the document mm. um you can't save every starfish but you can save one yeah of the the story of the little girl who's on the beach throwing starfish back into the ocean and like an adult comes by and is like why are you doing that there are a thousand of starfish out here you can't save all of them Okay, I think apparently that is actually a line from the Talmud. Mm. So nice. uh, whoever, specifically that's referring to the life of a Jewish person, but uh, whoever saves the life, it is considered as if he saved the entire world. Mm. And and inversely, like it also says like whoever destroys a soul, it is considered as if he destroyed an entire world. Mm-hmm. So that's cool mm-hmm. reading yeah. that. Yeah, I would be super interested in a Jewish reading of Animorphs. Oh uh, my god, yes. Uh, uh, I have friends who are Jewish, but uh, mm-hmm. they're not in the server, or I would absolutely be like, hey, y'all. 
<laughs> Maybe once uh, Dumb Kids uh, is over, we can convince uh, Mac, Mac to... Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's super interesting to me, especially because uh, Rachel and Jake are supposed to be Jewish. And mm-hmm. I'm like 99% sure that Catherine and Michael are not. Um, so it's, it's interesting to me to see some of these kind of themes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder what a Jewish reading would make of it. Mm. Maybe we, we could do, maybe we'll do a call out. I'll, I'll see if I can, uh, rustle up some friends. I'm mm-hmm. sure I have friends, but anyway, we should get, we said we'd try to get through to the end of yeah, the story we so did, we could then we loop back on in conversation. We're with Jake. He's in Peregrine Morph, still looking for Cassie when Marco shows up, just like, and he's just like, he sounds grim. He's like, I found her. And Jake's just like, okay, what happened? Short version, she's a controller now. And if we don't haul butt, we're dog food. And Jake just like absorbs this news. And he's just mm-hmm. like, okay, no time to feel scared. I have to act. Uh, and we've got to find her. Um, so uh, because her dad found like the bear tracks as well as the hoof prints. And uh, mm-hmm. they were like, this is bad. Um, so there's been a search going on, but obviously, as Cassie rightly realized, uh, it's almost impossible to find a person in a hundred square miles of forest. Rachel called Jake because obviously her parents called Rachel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake called in the others. Um, Marco said something he didn't really mean. And I like that Jake's awareness of Marco mm-hmm. in that moment, uh, not probably didn't mean, but something he didn't really mean about Cassie not being an animorph anymore so she wasn't our problem and Rachel promptly knocked him on his ass um, <laughs> Marco is my best friend but there are times I admire Rachel's directness <laughs> one, cute in that moment two, sad in the grand scheme of things when you think about oh at least Rachel will get shit done uh-huh. uh, yeah. anyway they, they spent a night in Elmorph trying uh, to do that but all they saw were the uh, animal, an- other animals and search parties um, but it was Marco who, because Marco figured out, uh, what we should do is just looking by sight. It's a bad idea. Went morph to follow the scent trail. Um, realized they were looking for a little girl as well. So they went to Hawk, uh, to Bird of Prey morph. Um, and they're all just like, they were most, he, Jake's like, to tell you the truth, we were mostly looking for a body. Because um, because Cassie has the power to morph, surely if she was alive, she would have morphed and flown home. Right. Um, but they, uh, the animals back together, Marco has found her, explains the situation, um, how Cassie had revealed herself, how she'd saved Karen from the leopard. And he told, says how Cassie had allowed herself to be made into a controller. And Marco concludes with, she's an idiot. Right now, that yerk in her head knows everything. Um, Axe is confused by this choice Um, Rachel is the one that says that Cassie must have had a reason which which Jake agrees with of course she had a reason and Marco's like okay what what reason uh, could she have for giving all this up to the Yerks and Jake counters like really Marco you don't know you don't know why someone would not want to kill or even stand by and let someone else kill Marco contends that she has no choice, whereas Tobias points out that there's always a choice um, and says, I can't get mad at someone not wanting to take a life. I can't get mad at someone for thinking life is sacred. I just can't. And that surprises Jake that uh, Tobias comes to Cassie's defense like that um, because he lives as a predator. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I really like that all these points came through because Rachel's like, this is a war. We're fighting for our lives. We have a right to do whatever it takes to win. Mm-hmm. And Jake points out, maybe we'll lose. Maybe we'll win. But if we win and someday it's all over, you'd better hope there are still plenty of Cassies in the world. You'd better hope that not everyone has to decide <coughs> it's okay to do whatever it takes to win. And I like that he's not shooting Rachel down. Mm-hmm. For being like, you've got to do what it takes. Yeah. Rather than pointing out, without compassion, if everybody has that attitude, it's yes. bad. We need not everyone to be okay. We need people who question choices. Yeah. And um, the thing Tobias says about there is always a choice 
is I'm I'm kind of with him. Uh, I'm personally of the opinion that there is always a choice. Sometimes there is a choice that you will not take, but it still exists. So that's my thinking on it. But um, yeah. Back yeah. to not making a choice is itself a choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get this uh, depressing uh, insight from Jake. Uh, Aren't I'm all supp- insights from Jake depressing? <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to be the leader, although every day that goes by, I wish a little more that I wasn't. But one thing a leader does is try to understand his people. I understood them. I understood Axe's near silence. This was a matter between humans, not his business. I understood Rachel's anger. She felt like she was being accused of being immoral compared with Cassie. I understood Tobias after thinking about it for a minute. Tobias is a human being living inside a hawk. Holding on to human ideas and human virtues is important to him. He values pity and kindness because he lives in a world where there is no pity. I understood Marco. Marco is one of those people who jumps right to the conclusion without a lot of wondering and guessing. You could say he's smart or efficient, or I guess you could say he's ruthless. He's not mean or cruel. He just gets from point A to point Z faster than most people. So what are we going to do when we get there? Rachel asked after a while. I don't know. Let's see if we can find her first. Uh, and then they see Cassie the Osprey breaking the trees up ahead of them. Uh, and know where she is and they start heading towards that area um yeah they they have to do a demorph because they're running out of time in the current morph Mm -hmm. um so there's the fear that she'll get away but they have to Mm -hmm. um and when they're remorphed again they observe the state police uniforms Mm -hmm. um uh but quickly uh get fired on Yep. Um, by said troopers. Um, and Rachel points out that they've been warned, but Jake shows that they keep falling. Unfortunately, uh, Rachel gets hit uh, badly enough uh, to keep flying, which tracks, obviously, she's the biggest target. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit of a battle. Yeah. Um, uh, if they want a fight, we'll give them a fight. Uh, yeah. And she's like, Jake's want to know it's what they want. Um, tells Tobias to keep flying and then we have one of these uh good ass i love when they do air rescues of each other (laughs) um it's just incredible uh jake does his cool like we get to hear once again about how nothing on earth is faster in a dive than a peregrine falcon Mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. catches up with uh rachel try and is able to get hold of her um Mm -hmm. and tries to slow her descent Mm -hmm. Uh, get the comparison of uh a full uh, peregrine falcon to a bald eagle is much like a cocker spaniel to a great dane mm-hmm. uh in terms of size and weight distribution but yep. uh yep axe dives in to help um they're still falling but at least they're managing to glide away and not just be in a plummet mm-hmm. um but knowing that the uh, controller be able to keep up uh we've got to fight tells axe to demorph um <laughs> This controller is clearly having a great time because uh, it's like, ha, 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 I have you now. Um, and then uh, gets dive-bombed by Marco for his trouble using the uh, Tobias technique. Mm-hmm. I- I'm sure it's an actual technique that Birds of Prey use, but it always in my brain it is the Tobias method. Uh-huh. So, um, uh, Axe demorphs into Andalite, grabs Rachel, and runs. Um and they just they just run they they run away from this fight because obviously this isn't a fight that they're going to win as birds uh and it's not worth it to try to fight them when they're trying to catch Cassie yeah uh they but outrun able- the others easily mm-hmm. yeah even carrying Rachel in eagle morph I appreciate it. it's put out axe easily outruns them but it only starts being difficult when Rachel wakes up and is like put me down I'm gonna find the guy that shot me and Jake's just like Rachel glad you're awake shut up and demorph um yeah. and is aware like time is of the essence and tells Marco to go after Tobias um yeah and he's just like okay you got any instructions for me oh fearless leader um she's like yeah i do the yurks do not make contact with anyone i don't care if it's in cassie or that girl neither of them gets him away no matter what and marco hesitates just like you mean 
I mean, one way or another, neither Cassie nor that girl gets away. Marco, like, curses. Mm -hmm. uh, is like, has this motion of how did it come to this, but flies away. He does as he's told. Mm -hmm. And Jake feels sick. Also, Marco has already come to this same conclusion. Like, he told mm -hmm. Cassie, yep. like, now they're not, uh, we're, we're not gonna have to kill Karen, we're gonna have to kill you. So, like, he, mm -hmm. he's, he's already gotten there. Yeah. yeah. The fact that Jake has made the decision has, like, the decision has been made. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Marco knew that that's what the, that's what would happen. But now that it has happened, he's like, well, fuck, I hate Shit. being right. Yeah, uh, we have this like Jake talking about how it was probably the like it was right that I make the decision and it was probably the right decision to make. But oh man, I felt like I'd swallowed broken glass. And then he yells at Rachel to hurry up, mm -hmm. and we get this upsetting insight into himself. I wanted someone to be mad at, and she was the first person I saw. Never mind, Alex, me, who's also right never there. mind. Yeah, let me just point out, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again, Jake will use Rachel as his metaphorical punching bag. Uh-huh. Because she can take it in his mind. And it makes me sad every time. Uh-huh. I think <sighs> sometimes she can take it because I think sometimes uh she doesn't quite take him as seriously because Yeah, because she's known him for years. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Uh like um after uh, Trump got elected, I had a couple friends text me asking me, so, hey, how are you doing? I woke up to these messages because I was like, I'm going to sleep. I'm not staying up for this election. Mm -hmm. And um, one of my friends, like, I did sort of yell at him because and then I had to apologize later. And I was like, I, I knew you would forgive me if I apologize. And I'm sorry I did it. But like, I knew you would forgive me. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, there are people we feel safe enough to show the ugly parts of ourselves because we know they'll still love us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They catch Rachel, up to where mm -hmm. everyone is. Yeah. And the plot catches up because <laughs> Tobias has found Cassie. Um, and it's just like, yeah, Axe stays on the ground, but they uh, Tobias is circling Rachel is pissed, like, what's happening? And Tobias just like, you don't want to know. Um, and there we get the visual of Karen squatted in the grass looking intently at a leaf. Uh, I focused my falcon eyes and saw tears running down the little girl's face. Then I saw what she was looking at. It was a caterpillar. It hung squirming from the bottom of the leaf. I don't know how I knew, but somehow I did. Um, they land, uh, Jake and Rachel... And Karen looks at them without surprise and explains that it's too late. And Karen explains, I, she gave up her life. She, I watched her for two hours, for almost two hours, and I kept expecting her to change her mind, but she did it. She gave her life for this little human girl, and because she thought she could make peace with one enemy at least. And yeah, that is, uh, and they watch, Rachel and Jake watches this like caterpillar sheds a layer of skin and, and goes on. And this is where Karen's explained. Right at the end, I told her to stop. I told her she'd proven herself. I begged her to stop to demorph. But I'd forgotten. I don't think the caterpillar could hear, at least not speech. She didn't know that I had seen enough. And now, and in thought speak, Jake just starts screaming at Cassie to demorph. Um, and Karen is just like, it's too late. Um, Axe arrives. Karen gets to be on it her high horse is just like ah the android Ariths and Axe is ready to fucking throw down mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean like what have you done Yerk tails twitching Rachel is ready to yeah kill she's mm -hmm. like is in a rage um yeah, she and... begins to demorph and remorph mm -hmm. uh, at um, breakneck speed and Karen's just like, don't you see? She gave her life to make some small fragment of peace. We have a deal. Cassie and I made a deal. She looked from one of us to the other. I guess she found no pity or understanding in our weird demorphing faces. Karen turned and ran. She ran as fast as little girl legs could move on a swollen, bruised and bloody ankle. 
acts calm. He's like, shall I get her? And she's like, no, let her run. Let her feel what it likes to be helpless. I'll deal with her soon enough. Uh, and Rachel morphs elephant. Um, and the fucking leopard. <laughs> Chekhov's <laughs> leopard shows up once again. Um, and it's this moment here. And Jake, we see paralyzed. He's mid-morph. Rachel's mid-morph. Maybe Axe could save her, but he he wouldn't move unless Jake gave gives the order. And Jake is having the same mm-hmm. exact mo- crisis of conscience that Cassie did. Did mm-hmm. I think good? Let the leopard do our dirty work for us. Maybe I don't know if I thought anything very clearly. And then fucking Marco in gorilla morph scruffs this fucking leopard. And just spins and throws the leopard twenty feet. Okay, and now is now is when I I, I have I wrote a whole fucking like thing. <laughs> Please tell us about this whole fucking thing. <laughs> okay, because like Marco has heard this whole conversation. Like he was close enough to rescue Karen, so he had to have been close enough to hear this conversation and like like whatever Marco thinks or feels about what has happened like it it is a very reasonable and sensible thing to say Cassie did this so that there could be peace between one Yerk and one human and like, even if he was thinking, you know what, let the leopard kill her, there's also the fact that, like, as far as he's uh, concerned, Cassie gave her life to save this one uh human girl with this one yerk. And, like, this is what Cassie wanted. And so he saved her. Uh, Karen, not because of, maybe because of Karen the little girl, definitely not because of Aftran, but like, this is what Cassie wanted. It is explicitly what she wanted, and like, he he does this. Everybody else freezes. Uh, but like, he's the only one who is like, this is what Cassie wanted, and... And it okay. just, <sighs> yeah. To call back to what we were saying earlier, Cassie made a choice. Mm-hmm. Marco sees that she made a choice, and he might disagree with it, but it's like what you were. I think Danielle was saying, just like he would have more respect for her if she made a choice, mm-hmm. and here she has. And I love that he is honoring that Mm -hmm. it's a really powerful moment and as i said i believe back at the top of first episode i love that it's marco who is Mm -hmm. so a lot of the time moralistically in opposition to cassie they're set as like opposite sides a lot of the time of an argument he's been so harsh to her throughout this book but like you say he honors her choice Mm-hmm. And that is a beautifully crystallized moment there that I love. Mm-hmm. And also to pay diligence to the thing in the text and the, the phrasing that you used, he had already, he put it together quicker than everybody else. I also appreciate that he obviously is the only one that knows about the leopard necessarily <laughs> <laughs> as well. Like, one, I should be in Battle Morph and stuff goes bad. And two, oh, yeah, there is a leopard. <laughs> Didn't mention the leopard. I should <laughs> I should have maybe mentioned the leopard. There yeah, is just... a leopard somewhere. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's such a, a sweet-ass moment. But um, yeah. we now get this face-off. Mm-hmm. There's Aftran slash Karen surrounded by an Adelite, an elephant, a gorilla, and a hawk. But Jake has morphed has demorphed yes. so he can talk and Karen and asks Karen, what are you going to do with him 
Um, and Jake doesn't know. Nope. <laughs> and Rachel's like, sure you do. Marco just saved her for me. Isn't that right, Marco? And Marco doesn't respond. He just demorphs. And I like that they particularly use them shrinking within the gorilla. Mm-hmm. Rachel asks, Axe, you're with me, aren't you? And Karen's just like, well, of course he is. Uh, and humans might be capable of peace, but not andalites. Um, go ahead, use that tail of yours. But Axe is just like, I will do as Prince Jake says, and which just fucking rocks Karen's world. <laughs> um, yeah. but, and he's just like, and Jake asks Karen to explain what the deal was. And Karen explains. Um, and, uh, and says the end, Jake's like, and you'll do this. And Karen's like, yeah. And Rachel's like, doesn't buy it. Mm-hmm. But Jake wants to understand why Karen will do this or why Aftran will do this. And Karen explains, like, they're not all like Visa 3. Some of us are just little yerks, unimportant nobodies who are caught in the war. Some of us also want peace. Some of us want to find a better way. But how can we give up everything and leave the universe and, like, indicate acts to them? They'll never feel anything but hatred and contempt for us. Cassie, Cassie did not hate. And Rachel is, understandably, freaking out. Mm-hmm. And just like, you can't listen to it. She can't be trusted. You can't let her walk away. Tobias quietly points out that Cassie trusted her, mm-hmm. which I don't think Rachel wants to hear, quite frankly. Nope. Be- because yeah. Rachel is pissed, righteously mm-hmm. so, and she's just like, doesn't understand. And as we've seen before, when Rachel is upset, she would prefer to be angry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's much easier for her to want to hurt this yuck yep then deal with the fact that her friend is now in her mind a caterpillar forever that she yep. has lost cassie yep mm-hmm. and it's, we have this moment it's good shit it's so good and we have jake with this moment as rachel's like talking about how this is ridiculous and insane and jake's like she was right what cassie had done was insane but it wasn't wrong And I just kept thinking, as idealistic and naive and even dumb as Cassie's action might have seemed, did I want to undo them all now? Did I want to destroy the meaning of her sacrifice? Cassie had given her life, making an absurd, hopeful bet on peace. If I gave one order, her bet would be wasted. If I gave the other, we might all die. I guess sometimes you have to choose between smart, sane, ruthlessness and totally stupid, insane hope, I said, not even realizing I was speaking out loud. You can't just pick one and stick with it either. Each time it comes up, you have to try and make your best decision. Most of the time I have to go with being smart and sane, but I don't want to live in a world where people don't try the stupid, crazy, hopeful thing sometimes. And he looks at Rachel and says, I'm not going to give any orders. Each of us have to decide for ourselves right now. And Jake looks at Rachel, uh, so looks at Karen and turns away. He picks up the plant with Caterpillar Cassie on it and walks into the forest. Tobias follows him next a few minutes later, then Axe and Marco. I assume they maybe come together because of that phrasing. Mm-hmm. And then Rachel doesn't come with at first, but after a while, she does human again. And she is gritting her teeth, trying to control tears. It's like, Cassie was my best friend. I'm not going to be the one to call her a fool. And takes the stiffening, drying chrysalis. I'll carry her. I'll keep her safe. And I cry. I cry yep. so much. <laughs> Literally in tears right now. I just... Yeah. <sighs> it loves her so much. Screaming in it. There's a lot of screaming in, a, in our chat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's... I love... I love what this chapter says about all of them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And... I love that all of them recognize that, like, exactly what Jake said, right? 
what Cassie mm-hmm. did was idealistic and naive and maybe stupid. just stupid, but it's not wrong in many ways. Uh, and this this quote, I don't want to live in a world where people don't try the stupid, crazy, hopeful thing sometimes. There's a reason why that's the quote I chose for the heart playbook. Mm. Mm. Good shit. Mm-hmm. Like, <sighs> so good. And God, Rachel, I really, part of me wants to know what Rachel said to Aftran before she left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, was it a threat? Or something else. Because we would expect a threat. Mm-hmm. She was probably just pissed for a while. Because, uh-huh. like, she comes to the same conclusion the rest of them do. Cassie yeah. made this decision. And, like, we have to honor that. Like, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was probably pissed for a bit. Yeah. I like that maybe that time she took was to calm down. Mm-hmm. Because she knew she couldn't hold on to that anger. And that's why she's crying when she's in human morph. Mm-hmm. Human morph. <laughs> Ugh, that's my brain for you. Um, yep. But yeah. And uh, note the use of the term chrysalis there. Yeah. This is going to be convenient in a moment. Yeah.